Hi folks, Dan Lila here. Sound issues again. Uh, there's a problem at CJLO headquarters. We're getting it sorted out. There's a few little times where it skips ahead. There's nothing wrong with you and your device. It's us. Also, it starts maybe a minute and a half in. But everything will be back to normal next week. I promise. No, I don't, but I hope so. Let's start the show. Thanks. Sorry. Dozen roses, glass of wine, slippers and PJs feeling fine. Advice is nice. It's advice by the fireplace. With Dan, Lila, Karen. This is the show where we answer advice questions that were sent in by our listeners. I found them on the internet. We bring on a special comedian or two to go through them and to help. Along with me, your host, Dan Lila. Welcome back. If you're listening live, it's dark outside. And if you're listening during the day at another point, hey, Mr. Sun. I'm not going to gender the sun. Hey there, pal. But not right now. This is a after dark recording. Hope you're doing well. Since last week. You know, I want to talk about last week. I feel good about it. I think it was a great episode. There was laughs. There was insight. There weren't in cells. No, no, no. Not here. There was positivity. There was empathy. I'm going to say it. I think it was a great episode. And sorry if that's uh, a brag. But you know what? I think it's I think it's good to brag sometimes. Not all the time. I wouldn't want to make a career out of it. But I think it's important to acknowledge when you think you did a good job. I don't think there's anything wrong with a little B-R-A-G. Yeah, I could spell double brag. I think once a week, I think you should go to a coworker, a loved one, maybe even a friend or family member. <clears throat> and I want you to brag about something. Brag about your achievements. Brag about something great that you did, that you've done, that you are. I think we're going to call it the Wednesday, our weekly Wednesday brag. It's too easy to be all negative on yourself. Oh, me? Who? This guy? This old shoe? This lump of clay over here? When Clay Aiken sleeps, he's a real lump of clay, by the way. But you know what? I'm going to. This is going to be the first weekly Wednesday brag. And not just that I could spell the word brag. I'm going to do it. I hope you follow my lead. You know what I'm good at? 
jaywalking. I'll say it. Sure. The man might not want you to jaywalk. Or also it's unsafe. <laughs> Maybe it's less a rule thing and more a watch yourself thing. But I've lived in this great city for over 65 years. I'm old. I've learned a thing or two about jaywalking. I'm going to say it. I'm pretty good at it. I'll jaywalk any time of day. Any moment. And I'll do it fast, too. Whew. Sometimes I make a little a little speed noise when I cross. Zip. I go, here, let's cross. Zing. And then suddenly I'm on the other side of the street. But my body, there's a, there's a smoke body that has my profile that slowly dissipates. Daniel? Oh. That was the sh that was the shadow of Daniel cuz he jaywalked so fast? Oh. Wouldn't be the first time. It feels nice to inspire the jaywalking sometimes. People are stopped at the street, no cars coming. I think what the hey. I start walking. Crossing that street, I turn around. I got four or five followers. Hey, if he'll do it, I'll do it, you know? I feel great. I want to turn around, bow. You're welcome. No big deal. I mean, yes, you will get to where you're going faster now. Sure. First one in gets a new promotion. Oh, that's you, Steve. Thanks, Daniel. I introduced myself. <laughs> I'm actually, look, this is the bragging corner. I'm very good at jaywalking. I've recently won a jaywalking award. It's true. Somebody recently uh, gave me a ribbon. Well, it was a ticket, but hey, pretty good. It was long. I wore it on my lapel. Felt good. I don't know why they call it jaywalking. Certainly descriptive, right? Why not I-walking? Even uh, lowercase l-walking, hmm? You know why it's called jaywalking, right? Jaywalking, sure. Like when you cross the street, and then right when you get to the end, you hook a left, and then you just stop halfway through going to the other side. A real J situation. I do it all the time. That's why I got the ticket, actually. I was in the middle of the street. I said, it's okay. Police, I'm jaywalking. It's fine. They don't like when you yell at them. They don't like a lot of things. But anyway, feels good to brag. Once in a while. Because if you're not gonna go to bat for you, who is? Mark McGuire? Sammy Sosa? Or another reference I can make from the only time I was into baseball, like when I was 12? Jose Canseco? Speaking of Jose Canseco, I can say we're going to go to a break. <laughs> yeah, that worked. I think if Jose Canseco heard that, he would like it. Oh, another brag. Okay, look. I won't get too braggy. But we are going to go to a break. And I'm going to bring on such a special guest. A comedian. A very funny man, I'll tell you. Spoiler. 
I'm going to bring him on in just a second. But first, let's hear this ad. I keep, you get it. We're going to hear an ad. All right. So we'll be right back with a little bit more CJLO 1690 advice by the fireplace right after this. The Montreal International Documentary Festival is celebrating its 25th edition, a unique opportunity to enjoy the best documentary films from all around the world. This fall, the RIDM returns exclusively to theaters and venues with screenings, festivities, and much more. See you from November 17th to the 27th. Discover the full program at ridm.ca. The RIDM, where all stories meet. What's up? It's your boy Ghetto Socks. You're tuned in to CJLO, 1690 AM, Radio Montreal. Hey there. In need of some new content? Wanting to expand your music taste in rock, indie, and dreamy pop? Well, then join me, Andrea Lukasher, every Sunday from 3 to 4 for Melodramatic, where I discuss new artists, new albums, and interview local bands. So sit back, relax, and enjoy dreamy tunes on Sunday afternoons. I was more than just a cat. CJLO, 1690 AM, AM, and we're back with a very special guest. I'm Dan Lila, but I have a friend here. Who's this friend? Well, it's a comedian, a writer, a performer. A very funny man, very funny person, and most of all, a good guy. <laughs> These intros. Please welcome to the show, Jeremy Anderson. Jeremy, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Ben. Lila, I'm great. Thank you for asking. How has your day been? It's been great. You know, I, I wanted to say I got a head start on uh, Bragging Wednesday. I've been bragging to everyone about this appearance. Oh, my. Pre-appearance, you're still bragging. I like that confidence. Then we keep that going for the week, too. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, I thought we just contained it to Wednesdays. Bragging throughout the week? about my Wednesday on another day. Oh, yes. Okay. That's a loophole, and you figured it out. Well, Jeremy, let me ask you. Um, this is your first time on the show. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about giving advice in general? Are you comfortable doing it? You know, I think I'm actually, I'm known as like kind of the king of unsolicited advice. I, mm. I would collect people on the feed and tell them what they should be doing, how they could be doing better. So I, I, I might be an expert. Mm. And how do they react to that usually? Negatively, generally. Negatively, yes. In, uh, ag- let's say, aggressive or more ignoring you. G- give me the juicy details here. I, say I got a lot of the back right off, bub. <laughs> Oof, nobody wants to be called Bub. That's how you know you went wrong. I actually also do contribute sometimes on uh, on Reddit advice uh, posts. Sometimes I'll get in there too. Really? Relationship advice. Interesting. Break up with them. Yeah. Not anywhere. Yeah, well, look, uh, you know. I, I, I've been I've heard about this Reddit advice thing. I stay away. I get my advice questions sent straight to me via the interwebs. Uh, by the way, advice by the fireplace at gmail.com. Jeremy, if you ever have some advice after today, you write it into me, okay? 
I would be happy to. Right. Even tonight. You know what? You know what? Before we get into the questions, do you have any advice? I mean, do you need me to give you advice? Any little issues that I can maybe help you with? I mean, look, I'm putting you on the spot here, but uh, anything. You let me know. Actually, uh, I wanted to give you a piece of advice, I think. What was that? Say it again. I would like to give you a piece of advice, if I may. Please, I, I, I w- I'm more than open to it, please. I was listening to a recent episode and said you're no longer buying paper towel. Mm-hmm. Because you kept on blowing your nose with it. <laughs> you're strict, yay. That is absolutely, I can't believe it. That is true. That is true. Have you ever considered Kleenex, a third paper? Mm, well, here's the thing. I mean, first off, great question. <laughs> yes, I have considered Kleenex. And this is riveting radio, and I'm glad we're getting this. We're getting to the nitty Kleenex. Very useful. Oh, I got to blow my nose. Use a little Kleenex. I try to save them. I don't like the one and done aspect of Kleenex. You know, I use, I try to do a corner, put it in the back pocket, the butt pocket. Except I sneeze. Let's say I'm at home doing the dishes. My dishes are dusty. (laughs) I get a little dust in my nose. I sneeze. What, am I going to run to the other room for the Kleenex? The paper towels are right there, Jeremy. Right there? The paper towels are right there. I'm going to use that paper towel. I'm going to wipe my nose. And then suddenly, oh, there's a spill in the kitchen. Got to go to the paper towel? Eh, no more. What, I got to use Kleenex? I, 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 everything's... Uh, yeah, Jeremy, come on. I've been using a lot of reusable rags. By which, of course, I mean gossip magazines. <laughs> And it soaks up all that stuff pretty well, Jeremy. Pretty well. You know, uh, 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 before commercial toilet paper, people used to use uh, newspapers to uh, write their bottoms. Mm. You're talking about those bears? Yeah, of course. God, I love those bears. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I feel like our listeners uh, know you. They, they I, th- I feel like we've... We've really introduced you to them, and now I think is the perfect time to get the pleasantries out of the way, get down to business. Jeremy, I have advice letters I need your help with. Let's do it. Okay. This first one, this is coming in from Eastchester, Pennsylvania, and is written by Cassandra Thunk. And Cassandra says this. You ready? Dear Advice by the Fireplace, I have a friend who is physically fit times 10. She's in her 60s, but looks 20 years younger. She recently decided to get a tummy tuck and some other surgeries to tighten up her body. She went out of the country to do it and is super pleased with the results. I'm happy for her, but now she's pushing me to do it too. I am afraid of elective surgery. When I was a child, I had several surgeries that scared me. Now I have no interest in going under the knife. I'm also not fit, and I have a couple of underlying conditions. Whenever my friend starts proselytizing for me to go to the surgery, I get very uncomfortable. I don't necessarily want to get into my health issues, but I do want her to stop pushing me. I'm happy for her. Isn't that enough? Love, Cassandra Thunk. Wow. 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 We're starting strong here. We are, definitely. Cassandra, Cassandra. I mean... Remember that song, Physically Fit? Friendship right here. <laughs> yes. So let me, I mean, geez, I have much to say about this. Um, what are your initial thoughts, Jeremy? Well, 
I'm I'm definitely I side with Cassandra very deeply on this because I'm quite uncomfortable with elective surgeries as well. I do understand if people want to go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Why the heck not? Go for it. Um, we've actually been having a uh, a similar sort of debate in my household because uh, my girlfriend is uh, considering getting one of those Brazilian butt lifts. The oh. only way to do that is you actually have to gain weight first, which will take out of your belly and put onto your butt. And she doesn't want to do the first half, so she's been pumping me up <laughs> so she can use my tummy to put the bed. Wow. I don't think that's fair. I mean, first off, I didn't realize that that's how butt jobs were done. That you, That's very interesting. And secondly, um, this might be a awkward question. But, uh, well, you know what? I'm not even going to ask it. I'm very supportive of this. <laughs> I was going to ask about skin tone. Is maybe, but, but, you know what? I don't want to. I think that's great. <laughs> Do, are you, uh, you're not sure about this surgery? Well, I just don't want, I don't want to have to gain all this weight at first. You know what I mean? She keeps feeding me cookies. And... Mm. Not the hardest job in the world, though. No, I guess not. In fact, it makes you pretty soft. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Wow. Well, now I've got I got to look into this butt surgery thing, by the way. But anyway, that's for later. Um, you know what I want to say first? Here's the thing. You know the show. We're, we're all about love. We're all about empathy. Uh, Cassandra here says, I am also not fit, and I have a couple of underlying conditions. You know what, Cassandra? I'm going to say it. I think that's baloney. I don't know what you look like, but I guarantee you're a beautiful person. Am I right? Am I right? Absolutely. One, it sounds like Cassandra's friend being in great shape times 10, getting extra national cosmetic surgery is making her happy. But whatever Cassandra's doing, I think is making Cassandra happy. So Cassandra just needs to stick to what she's doing and tell her friend to do her thing. You know, everyone can just, we don't all have to be the same person. Exactly. I completely agree. Um, that's why I, I, I don't like when I see someone who looks like me. I get very upset. I go, who's this Paul Giamatti looking at? <laughs> S-O-B. Can I say that on the radio? You can definitely say S-O-B, but I cannot spell that one <laughs> Well, let me ask. Um, <clears throat> now, how, you say, you know, tell her, hey, uh, it makes me uncomfortable. stuff. How does Cassandra tell her fit times 10 friend to stop suggesting it? Let, pretend I'm Cassandra. It's and so hard for me because I'm, I could easily give advice of just, you know, you know, being firm, being forward, and just stating how you feel. But I know if I were in Cassandra's position, I would just be like, <laughs> and freeze and just let my friend keep on believing. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe do as I do and not as I say. Just be uh, shy and quiet and keep uh, moving on. Avoid confrontation at all costs. Okay, you're switching your tune now. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, I do want her to stop pushing me. I'm happy for her. Isn't that enough? Of course it's enough, Cassandra. You, like I said, like we said, we're going to repeat ourselves. You're perfect the way you are. You're, you're, I'm sorry about your underlying conditions, but you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at a supermodel <laughs> looking at this <laughs> letter. That Can I say the penmanship is very nice? This is beautiful penmanship on this letter from Cassandra. And when it comes to surgery, I don't know. I know. It's so personal, isn't it? 
It is definitely a little freaky, but hey, you know, for some people it changes their whole life. And for those people, I'm so happy for them. It's very true. Uh, you know. For everyone. You know what? I'm going to suggest, Cassandra, uh, send your friend this podcast. I mean, radio show. <laughs> I forget what we're doing. We're on the radio. Uh, I guess that's live. Cassandra, if you're listening, quick, tell your friend to listen, and I'll give you five seconds of grace, period. One, two, three, four. Hey, pal, stop pushing your friend to get surgery. All right, Jeremy, what do you think? <laughs> Are you still there? Hello? If nothing else has worked up to this point, that will work. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I think that's... Call and advice radio hosts and have them mm-hmm. pay for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me ask you. Look, maybe this is a strange question, but I'm curious. You you get a coupon from Santa Claus this Christmas. One free elective surgery. What do you get? Uh, I was actually in an, an ultimate frisbee accident in grade 12 of high school, and it knocked my nose ever so slightly off, and I might put that nose straight again. Wow. First, I mean, I'm very intrigued. First off, let me just tell you, you're a beautiful man. I've looked at your nose many times, never noticed an issue, but that's interesting to hear. Second, you were in a ultimate frisbee, did you say game or tournament? Uh, it was an ultimate frisbee accident. We were playing at lunch. Accident. I see. So this was just a casual game. Well, I mean, there was nothing casual about it, but yes, yeah. it wasn't. There were no right. competitive stakes. <laughs> I see. Of course. I mean, I, I didn't mean to offend. Of course, this sounds like a rollicking game. Yeah, it was quite serious. Yeah, my, uh, my friend at the time, mm. James and I both went down reaching for a disc, and his uh, shoulder came into my face, and I had that classic kind of out of a movie thing where I came to looking up to a circle of heads kind of staring down at me. Oh, yes. Uh, And you were bleeding from the nose. Interestingly, no blood, but I did have the two black eyes telltale sign of a concussion. Ooh, yes. I've never had that, luckily. Jeez. Two black eyes. So if you would like to fix that for me with a gift card this Christmas, (laughs) I'd be eternally grateful. Wonderful. Okay, Santa, if you're listening... Uh, get that card. And by the way, me, I would uh, get rid of my man boobs. All right, let's move on. This second letter is coming in from Dirk Smirkliff, uh, all the way from Scrunt Lake. Oh, wow, Scrunt Lake. We got a lot of fans in Scrunt Lake. Very supportive of the show. And Dirk says this. Dear Advice by the Fireplace, Last year, my parents told me they were getting a divorce after over 25 years of marriage. My mother was filing. My dad still wanted to work things out. I, myself, had just married the month before, and my wife is close with my parents. Their divorce was devastating news for us both at a time that was supposed to be joyful. My mother is, by nature, a private person. Aside from, quote, it just didn't work out, and it was a mistake, she offered few details. Naturally, I've questioned my mother at length about her reasons for the divorce. In total, I've spent more than 12 hours asking her questions. While I've gotten a few concrete answers about how she felt in the marriage, for most of my questions she either wouldn't answer or would give some ambiguous responses. Or she would blame my father for things that happened 20 years ago. Other answers I received, quote, That's between your dad and me. That's something you... Oh, excuse me. That's not something you need to know. And my favorite... That's not really your business. I still don't have a clear sense of why my mother wanted a divorce in the first place. 
On the other hand, my father's been very open about his mistakes throughout their marriage and what he wishes he had done differently. Is my parents' divorce really none of my business? I'm close with both of them and lived in the family home through the five-month divorce process while my wife and I were preparing to move across the country for a job. We had a front row seat to what was happening. Divorce can be a traumatic event for children, no matter how old they are, and being kept in the dark certainly doesn't help. Love, Dirk Smirkliff from Scrunt Lake. Wow, that was a bit of a long one. I'm sorry. I mean, so many questions really, like, because he said it's hard for, for children, but he's getting married, but is he a child? I think he's saying, sure, I'm a grown man, but it's okay, still yeah. hard for me. Yeah. And it can be hard, because who's going to be, it's just so hard to find somebody there, but, you know, I mean, my parents lived up when I was 18 or something, and I know a lot of people who, like, go through that in high school, that being, mm-hmm. maybe into your 30s, and people being, and being like, oh, my parents, but it's still, it's a real thing. Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll look, I'll, I'll be honest about Dan Lila's life. My parents got divorced when I was very young, uh, a toddler, and I went through a little toddler goth phase after that. <laughs> I, you know, I turned to drugs. I was maybe five, six years old. It was a dark period for me. And yes, I got over it with the help of, uh, you know, my therapist, my pastor, uh, <laughs> and a few other. Friends we had. Exactly. But yeah, of course, divorce is hard, of course. But let me ask, or I should say, let's think about his question. Uh, is my parents' divorce really none of my business? Interesting question. Interesting. I mean, the one thing I honed in on at the beginning of the question was he said his mother would either say um, it just didn't work out or it was a mistake. To me, there's a wide gulf between those two. Mm, that's very the true. Mistake implies at the beginning of the whole time. Um, you know, clearly it's it both is and is not his business, like the dissolution of the family, his business. But the reasons, ultimately, you know, it's not, if they don't want to share, it's not yours. Like, I feel the fact that she's being so cagey, and I, you know, I hate to say this, I've had to say the show, but I think it sounds to me like intimacy might have been part of the issue. Mm. And if it was, do you want to know? <laughs> that's very true. You know, that's a very good point. What are you actually fishing here? Okay. You know, what are you looking for? Are you looking for... Are you going to like what you catch? No, no. Mr. Dirk? Big question. Well, I think that's a very good point. I think, um... I think that's a very interesting thing you said. Look, if I'm going to be serious for a second, like you said, the, 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 the family unit is maybe, uh... taking some hits here. But you're right. This is a, this is a relationship between two people. And what happens between those two people is, I might say, those two people's business only. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I completely understand wanting to know and getting all those juicy details. But if your mother doesn't want to tell you, Dirk, then guess what? She ain't got to tell you. And it's also it's kind of a grass is greener sort of side. Like, put yourself on the other side of that divide. Like, imagine if your mom would not talking about all the annoying things that your dad did like mm-hmm. eventually you'd be like hey chill exactly that's my dad it's like uh, oh hey mom i'd like to introduce you to my uh my new wife oh well uh, let me tell you speaking of wife 
I was a wife and and then it just started, you know, I could I can only <laughs> I could only stammer <laughs> to assume what that conversation would be like. We had a front row seat to what was happening, he says. I wonder what he yeah, I, I, I don't know what extra thing he needs. You know what I mean? His dad has been very open with him, very upfront. His mom less so. Maybe that's one of the issues, like you said. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, here he is looking, making a bid for connection with his mom, trying to figure out what's wrong. He was trying to go over to dad. Be like, hey, man, how's it going? Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe, like, throw it. It's a classic father-son. Throw a game of catch on the table. Oh, like a like ping pong or something? Catch on the table. I've never seen that before. No, no, no. Like a, like on the metaphorical table. Like throw a game of catch. The, the metaphorical table. I love it. Do they have catch I in some place? I think so. Yeah. I like that. You could use a metaphorical ball. Everything's a metaphor. Just stand in a quiet room. Okay. Maybe I've gone too crazy with it. <laughs> Do you think, look, I don't want to psychoanalyze this guy. Do you think he's worried about his own relationship? Oh, no. If I come from a divorce... What hope is there for me? My mind is opening up right now. This, that's the first thing you've said that makes it so clear to me. You've been in the advice game for a while. <laughs> I to you about giving uh, this ain't my first rodeo, all right? No, you're seeing it from all the angles. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's, it's right there. Man, do you think when people... I've just never... I'd love to go to a rodeo. And then tell people, this is my first rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) And then maybe go a second time. And then guess what? I'll switch it up and say, this is not my first rodeo. Um, But anyway, thank you. I do think, uh, we're going to put this to a close in a moment. I do think, Dirk, we love you. We have empathy for you. I'm sorry you're going through this. I'm sorry your family went through this. Uh, But you're going to be okay. And you know what? Let your mom come to you. I say maybe one more final conversation of, hey, mama, when you're ready, you tell me every little detail you want to give me. And until then, zip, and then I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Is that, I think that's good advice. That's good advice, yeah. Instead of being like, what's wrong, mom? Be like, how are you, mom? Yeah, how are you? And look, putting it on the table, you know I want this info, but I'm not going to push, you know? It's out there. It's on you now. Ball's in your court. The metaphorical ball. Maybe also, like, like take, if, you're, if we're doing a gossip thing, take the alternate angle. Like, ask an ant. Mm. Oh, I see. Maybe you've got someone's got some juice. Mm-hmm. Right. Investigate. Yes, yes. Maybe start a podcast. Serial style. <laughs> this might be a hit. And then the season finale is the big interview with your mom, finally. You know what? Dirk, talk to me. I got. I know some producers here at CGLO. We'll put you on air. This is good. Um, Jeremy, I hate to do this, but we've basically run out of time. Oh, my goodness. we got a few minutes left. Um, so I do want to ask you about, before I let you go, uh, eat dinner. I assume you have dinner at 6 o'clock. <laughs> um, what... What have you been up to? How can listeners of this very show seek you and your comedy out? Well, um, this is a great opportunity to share that I, uh, I host a, a weekly open mic comedy show mm-hmm. at Barfly on Saturday Night Boulevard, just north of the loop. 
mm-hmm. every Monday, and it's kind of an early evening show. We go from about five thirty to seven thirty, and uh, it's a great opportunity to uh, see comedians work on new jokes and kind of hang out. And also, if you're interested, try comedy for the first time. There's a lot of people that tried comedy for the first time at our show and have gone on to uh, try it at other places mm-hmm. and with some success. That's fantastic. First off, sincerely, doesn't that feel good? I, I had a show where that happened a few times, and it really does. It's the one little, because, you know, I can't pay anybody. I'm just, <laughs> so it's so nice to give some sort of opportunity, at least. That's lovely. Um, how long has the show been going on, Jeremy? Just over a year now. Oh, my yeah. God. You, you just had your big one-year anniversary. We did have a little party. Jeez. And how was that? Great, we had some uh, some heavy hitters, some guests of your show. Louis K was there. Mm-hmm. We had Elvis Wright show up. It was a uh, oh my god, friends of the show. This is incredible. The show, yeah. I felt I, I felt like I know it was the show's birthday, but I just felt as a special little birthday boy. <laughs> well, you know what, God, I hope you feel like that every single day of the rest of your life, because you are a special birthday boy. <laughs> Thank you. And you know what, sincerely, very funny man. You go seek. Jeremy out. Do you have comedy online at all for anybody, for all my uh, agoraphobic listeners? Don't like leaving the house. Absolutely. You can definitely follow me on uh, on Instagram and Twitter. It's uh, This is Jeremy, which is J E R A P Y. I actually, it was, kind of, it, it was originally conceived of as a self help channel for myself. I was, mm. and I helped myself through helping others, and that didn't pan out, but I still do comedy. Uh, well, guess what? It did pan out, because you did it today. You did it with this appearance on the show, Jeremy. I love saying your name. I've realized I've said it 40 times. It's a good name to say. Uh, and you know what? I'll say it one last time. Jeremy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Dan Lyra, and a happy birthday to you. Thank you, and a happy birthday to you. I hope to see you soon. Come on back. I'm Hopefully in the future, in the new year, we're going to have people in studio so I'd love to see you face-to-face, give you a big hug, uh, and then, you know, talk again. <laughs> we can't talk during the show. I mean, no. hug during the... We have to talk during the show. We can't... Ugh. All right, look. <laughs> this was going pretty well until this uh, little crash and burn at the end. Jeremy, thank you so much. Uh, have yourself a wonderful night. You too. Thanks a lot. And I hope to see you soon. Take care, my friend. Bye. That was Jeremy. Anderson. Uh, you know what? The Jeremy Anderson. He was great. Now we're going to do the... Now that he's gone, let's gather my thoughts. How was he? Great. You know what? That was great. And you know what else is great? I just stopped talking there. Just thinking about Jeremy. God, I do like saying that name. Uh, speaking of say that name, I'm going to say another name when I introduce another act act guest (sighs) god I'm tired but guess what we got a lot more show this is very exciting we have a whole other guest coming up in a few minutes but first we're going to go to another ad break we're going to hear another commercial we're going to hear someone you know tell you that they like the studio CJLO uh, that's right. Celebrity endorsements. They're fun. And then after that, I'm going to get on the phone. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Operator? 
uh, patch me into my next guest. And then they do it. And <laughs> that's how this show works. Okay, so let's go to a break. Let's hear another ad, another commercial, and then another incredible comedian. Right after these messages. Have you just arrived in NDG? Do you want to learn French? Are you looking for a job? Would you like to get to know your neighbors better? Since 2012, Bienvenue at NDG has been welcoming people newly settled in the neighborhood by offering support to orient themselves, integrate, and feel at home. Supported by the NDG community, Bienvenue at NDG is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to facilitate the integration of immigrant persons into the community life of Notre Dame de Grasse as well as into the host society and to promote intercultural relations. Our services are free, and we can serve you in more than 20 languages. Join our community. Feel free to visit our website, bienvenuendg.ca, and make an appointment with our integration counselors, in partnership with the Government of Quebec. You're listening to CJLO, 1690 AM. This is Robbie of CJLO Radio. Have you ever wanted to expand your musical palette and give electronic music a taste? If so, you'll love Rigged Sessions, hosted by me, Rigged Jason. As someone who listens to a large variety of electronic music, I believe that there is something for everyone. I play a lot of new music and previous by both stars and new artists to watch. And almost every week, I play a mix from myself or a guest mix. If you're ready to experience new electronic sounds, tune into Rigged Sessions, airing on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. CJLO, 1690. With advice by the fireplace, and I'm all by myself. Uh, no, I, I have very show. Final comedian extraordinaire, Pam Wiener. Hello, Pam. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, Pam. How the heck are you today? Uh, actually, I'm sick today, Daniel. Oh, sick with what? Uh, hopefully a cold, not COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you still sound great. I'm still gardening, still doing my thing. I was going to say, I guess you can take this as an excuse to not leave the house and have people fetch you things. <laughs> I'm so no, I got to, I'm well stocked with chicken soup in my freezer. Mm, lovely. Keep it all the time, summer, winter. I want to tell <laughs> and the, and you, I had, a sip, I had a bowl today, and I was feeling really crappy. And I cannot believe how it rejuvenated Ugh. me. I swear by this stuff. So nothing better than a bowl of chicken soup, truly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, uh, you know what I, you know my little trick when I'm sick? And people don't like it because it is a strong thing to do. But I eat one raw clove of garlic. And I go, ooh, as I eat it, and it's very strong, and I go, nah, ha, ha. But then afterwards, I feel so much better. The garlic really kills all of those horrible bacteria inside you. I'm a big, if you're listening and you're sick, and not just you, Pam, <laughs> I guess the <laughs> listeners, you eat that raw garlic. 
well, we eat a lot of garlic and onions, which are mm. supposed to be preventative. Yeah, but uh, not this time. Not not enough garlic, Pam. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I eat a lot of garlic, so yeah, uh, I grow my own. In mm. fact, that's the plan for tomorrow. I got to get it in the ground before the ground freezes. Yes. Oh, my God. It is very cold today. If you're listening uh, in the future. You no, know, today's nicer than it was yesterday, and tomorrow's supposed to be even better. Well. So tomorrow's my planting day. <laughs> Nothing better yet in my way. I like that positivity, Pam. <laughs> Let me ask you, before we get into the questions, how do you feel about giving advice? Is that something you find yourself doing often? Um, depends on who, mm. and depends on whether they ask for it. My mother-in-law mm-hmm. um, was European and did not have a lot of education, mm. but she was a very smart woman. And she taught something to me that I will take away for the rest of my life, which is when it comes to particularly your children and your grandchildren, she would say, did they ask you? Mm. And if they didn't ask you, maybe you should think twice about saying something. (laughs) That is, I mean, I completely agree. And for uh, pretty good advice, eh? That's great advice. That's great advice-themed advice. And also, look, I mean, me and Jeremy were talking about this before. Unsolicited advice is very tempting to give. You know what I mean? But it's better to keep it quiet. Keep listening when you're giving advice. That's the other thing. Yes. Certain people have a tendency not to hear you because they're so busy compiling the advice in their mind. And the other person may just simply want an ear and no advice. Mm. I'm sorry, I was a mile away. I didn't catch that. But anyway, no, I'm kidding. I, I was also listening. I was trying to make a joke. Um, Pam, speaking... <laughs> I love when people say very funny after I say something. Um, Pam, I have a letter here that I need your help with. Somebody sent me this advice letter, and I read it, and I said, I can't answer this alone. I need Pam. I need my Pam. (laughs) So here we go. Sorry, I made myself laugh and cough. Excuse me, one second. Okay, I'm back. This is coming in from Angela Speckles. All the way from Kundu, New Jersey. And she says this. Are you ready for this letter? I'm ready. She says, Dear Advice by the Fireplace. I live in what one would... Excuse me. I live in... (laughs) I live in what one would describe as an upper middle class neighborhood. My husband and I spent a great deal of money to make our backyard resemble a resort, including a six-foot privacy fence, since we could not go on vacation the last few years due to COVID. It was very quiet and peaceful until new neighbors moved in next door. They have five children. As most children do, they enjoy playing out and they're constantly loud and screaming. I feel as though I cannot fully enjoy the luxury of my backyard due to the incessant shrieking. I work very hard during the day as a manager of a surgery center and like to relax in my own sanctuary when I return home. 
Do I have to suffer in silence so that they can be happy? What is the proper way to handle the situation? Love, Angela Speckles from Kundu, New Jersey. Wow. That's a, that's a tough one. You know, because uh, I've been on both sides of the coin. Mm, both sides of the fence. Yes, both but, sides of the fence. The because I do have three children. I had twin boys mm. who were not quiet. <laughs> Let's be honest. I, they were maniacs. You can say it. They're not listening. They were wild. They were. And my neighbors were not crazy about having us there. Cause right. Elderly, comparatively. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, um, I now am at that stage where my backyard is my haven, and I'm I'm not actually disturbed by children screaming so much as. The noise of construction oh. and leaf blowing mm. and and lawn mowing. Mm-hmm. Those things annoy me. And this woman, I mean, in, I still go out on my deck at night. I love it. It's so quiet. That's People a- there even in winter. In winter, yeah, it is like amazing. So there's still time for her to go out when the kids are not around. That's very true. And she could still enjoy it. And I don't know, as a preschool teacher for 29 years and mother of three kids and waiting to have grandchildren um, and having little hair and making noise, uh, I, I can't, you know, like, you got to let them have fun. I'm sorry. I completely agree. I mean, five kids, that is a lot, I will admit. It is. I mean, it would be annoying. It would be annoying. Too. But I'll also... I'll babysit a couple of them. Oh, that and the, that's interesting. And then you're even closer to the yelling. Well, <laughs> the, no, because <laughs> if you occupy them, you could do something. That's true. Quiet with them. And in the meantime, there's only three left over at the other at that house Mm -hmm. and you could ask the parents to do something quiet with them you're absolutely right board game do a board game for god's sakes a card game Mm. and you know what i i I think it goes i mean it's complicated but i agree i actually live next to a park and it's not uh constant but there are often kids there running and screaming and yelling and uh, playing. You're and not the one that makes a joke, you know, being at the park with the, and you have. Oh, I don't have uh, any joke like that. I would never joke about something like that. Someone else uh, definitely <laughs> yes, in I, the stand-up. Yeah. But I personally, I, uh, I love hearing those kids. And yeah, sometimes it's a little bit early and I hear the yelling. Uh, but it's. I don't know. I find it, uh, like you said, I completely agree. Construction, leaf blowing, all that's much worse. Maybe, Daniel, you moved in knowing there was a park there. Yes, I I did. I would never move next to a park Mm. or a school as much as I like kids. Right. But these people moved in, and then the people moved in after. So I understand they're used to having 
their peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, the world changes and younger families are going to move into that neighborhood. Exactly. And that's just the way it goes. You better, you know. Mm -hmm. Pam, I couldn't agree more. Jeez. Um. And when I first started and I heard the question, I said, "Mm, how am I going to answer that? I think you, I, I think you did it like a pro. Yeah, um, I looked at it from both sides. Yeah, I, which is the only way to look at something. We absolutely. Like, there's two sides. No, there's three sides to every story. And those sides are uh, number one, yours, number two, theirs, and the truth. And uh, <laughs> I like that. And Boy. then I love my husband's favorite saying is, "What's the first thing that dies in war?" What's that? The truth. Whoa. How often does he say that? Often. <laughs> Jeez. Just when he's, if you're asking him if he lied about something? No. His <laughs> uh, comments about the war in Ukraine and oh, of course. politics in general. I mean, he's also, you know, he came here only at 10. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. From uh, from where, if you don't mind me asking? Albania. Albania? No, Lithuania. Oh, Lithuania. Oh, wow. I just heard the Ania, and then I took yeah. a swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. That's lovely. My gosh. Um, Pam, I'm so sorry. I, God, you know, we're running out of time. I wish... All right, uh, Daniel. This was so fast. Was, I'd love to I'm have you in. I'm when you're having fun. <laughs> but first, we do have a few more minutes left, and I'm very curious. I'd like you to talk about the shows you help produce because uh, you're you're into you got some very exciting stuff uh, that I produced. I mean that you've helped put on your comedy shows. Uh, I I don't want to spoil too much, but would you like to talk about where people can see you? Oh yeah, if you would like to, you could go to LD as in Learning Disabilities Montreal, spelled out completely. Mm-hmm. .ca, scroll to what's new and webinars, I like and it. you'll find one that says Stand Up for Mental Health, and I am the headliner for that. That's the first yeah. online show I've ever done. Oh, it's online. Oh, that's very exciting. Headliner. Oh, yeah. My first clean set. Nice. And it's all based on my ADD. And it was a heck of a lot of fun. Incredible. Clean set. And everybody knows you're a rascal on those stages. Oh, yeah. You, you effing Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is great. My, that's very exciting. Boy, I hope everybody checks that out. I hope so. Um, uh, and it, it was really exciting because it was a totally new experience. Mm. It was putting on a show with six newbies. This guy trained them to do a set about their 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 learning disability or ADD. And I watched them grow from nothing in six weeks mm. to having a great set. And it was unique because we all helped each other. And there wasn't a competitive thing about it. We wanted yeah. to have the best show. So everybody helped everybody on this set. It was unbelievable. That is, I truly, 
sincerely, what a wonderful thing. I mean, I uh, if I can be unironic for a moment, I really do love comedy and stand-up, and it just goes to show it is truly for everybody across all genders and ages and neurodivergences. It's This is a wonderful... I just think... I just love stand-up comedy. I love when people do it, and uh, I think this is a great thing. You're part of Pam Headliner. Incredible. Oh, oh, oh. I, just... I encourage people to check it out because this David Grenier from BC, mm. um, that's what he does. It's called Stand Up for Mental Health. And normally he did that for our organization, but normally he teaches six newbies to do about their mental health issue. And he's gotten the... Uh, Awards across Canada. He goes. He's been in Canada, and Australia. He's amazing. You have to check him out on YouTube. Well, uh, you know who else is amazing? You should also check out on YouTube. Pam Weiner. All right, <laughs> Pam is amazing. Pam, I got to let you go. Okay. Th- thank Daniel. you so much for being so here. So much. Uh, have a wonderful yeah. night. You and, too. And good luck with that garlic tomorrow. Okay, I'll eat some tonight. Thanks. Oh, yeah, please do. All right, I hope to see you soon. Bye-bye, Pam. And that, of course, was Pam Wiener. Too short. She is too short. Five, one? No. Our time together was too short. Because, unfortunately, I had to wrap this show up. I even had another letter. Uh-uh-uh, I gotta save it for next week. Where we'll have two more guests. And... Two more laughs. You know what? I'll say, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna guarantee four laughs next week. Next week. <laughs> uh, talking for an hour is hard. Okay? So that's why I'm not good at it. It's not like other people are. Nobody is. In minute 58 of a show. And speaking of minute 58, it's time for the thank yous, which we do each and every week. And you know who I want to thank? Some incredible people. Franchella at CJLO. Chris, Allison, all the people that got me here. Calvin, all the people that helped in the past. You made this show possible. This is your fault. Also, I want to say thank you to Corey Gandall for his incredible theme music, which I play each and every week. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The greatest theme in the history of radio. I can't even think of a second one. I thought of one. It's not as good. You know what? I thought of a second one. Also not as good. It's official. Corey's is the best. And most of all, no offense to everyone I just named, but most of all, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. If that's what you are in fact doing. Whether it's on a proper radio, whether in your car stereo, whether you're listening on your device, whether it's on Spitify or Apple Spit Music, whatever you do, thank you for listening, supporting the show. We're going to be back next week. Did I already say that? Yes, I did. Two more acts. Why do I keep calling them acts? Two more people. These are humans. 
These are human beings. This isn't an act. This is their soul. You... You... You saw deep into Jeremy and Pam tonight. Sure, I should have said heard. But you saw it. That's how powerful the radio can be. Images in your mind. For those of you who don't know what they look like, that's very exciting. I wonder what you pictured. I never thought about that. What does Jeremy look like? Is he eight feet tall? Is Pam eight feet tall too? <laughs> These are the questions. And speaking of questions, send in your questions. Advice by the fireplace at gmail.com. And we'll read them next week and every week. I've been Dan Lila. We'll see you next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Uh, I love you. Have a great night. Take care, everybody. Caring is sharing Your heart's desires In conversations by the fire With Dan Lila Karen We'll see you next time